Uh, welcome back, listeners, to a, another episode of Lost Lieutenant. You're here with Nick. And Kevin. Uh, and it's just the two of us this evening yeah. to, uh, to have a bit of a chat uh, with, uh, with all of you in the Infinity-verse. Uh, That's right. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and what are we here to talk about today? Well, the main topic of this evening is going to be all about Alpha Strike. Oh, yeah. uh, it's one of my favorite strategies. Uh, when I play the game, I, I tend to really have that aggressive, out-of-the-gate, uh, first-turn offensive. Um, and then my, my games tend to go downhill from there, <laughs> to be honest. That's really funny, actually, because I, I typically was kind of the opposite of you, whereas I, I sort of felt the start of my Infinity career fearing the Alpha Strike, um, facing people like Jacob with um, Achilles. Uh, um, I, I was uh, I, I learnt the hard way how to deal with them, so I think between you and I, we should be able to cover those. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So the um, we, what, is this kind of this is our real heading, a real title for the episode? I, do you think? I like it. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So, so we've coined today's episode Alpha Strike, or how I learned to stop worrying and love the Sujan. Fucking so, bad cat. Yeah. So yeah. For uh, which is a tribute to. Uh, Doctor Strange Love. Doctor Strange Love. Oh damn it! We maybe we, should, we should have maybe put that in there. Sorry. Uh, you know, guess, you know, get the listeners to guess the title. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty, pretty easy throwaway joke, but I guess we could, we could, we could, we could work that in. <laughs> well, we've, we've already revealed it. So unless we edit that out, then we'll have to. Well, with, uh, with, with, the, with the magic of, uh, of, well, let's be honest, we've, Kevin and I have just spent the last 40 minutes <laughs> trying to set up this microphone because we had some real issues, more so than we've ever done before. So we think we've got it on track, but, um, but yeah, we are not technical people. No. Um, yeah, but uh, before we get into that, Kev, there's loads of stuff that's happened since we've last had a chat. Yeah, it's been a few weeks since our last episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the CB have been dropping lots of cool and new rules, new, new models, new scenarios so much so much it's so much so good yeah. did you get your daedalus fall i have yeah. yes it's sitting on the coffee table um i've had a bit of a read love it i'm really enjoying the um the getting into more of the fluff mm-hmm. of, uh, of infinity um because while the the game itself is amazing i think the the background is really cool too so no definitely great definitely. to dive into that yourself you've you've been doing a bit of light reading uh yeah a little bit this morning um just to catch up before we started recording this episode unless we in case we talked about anything um yeah g- g- giving a little bit more flesh to the to the spiral core and what they what they're all about and, and why they exist is, is is quite quite interesting so yeah so yeah it's a good good read i'm looking forward to the part about Hagazlam. Yeah, well, I, I read a little bit of the uh, Dashat Company mm. fluff. Oh, yeah. Um, because I was just really interested. Of all the factions that came out, that was the one that I was most drawn to. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly because, I mean, as a Yujing player, uh, the fact that they have the Zuyong Invincibles available to them. Mm-hmm. And um, they give a really good justification for why they are available in, oh, in, a, yeah. in a Hacker's Alarm. Uh, what is it? Predominantly a Hacker's Alarm force as well. Right. Um, What's what is that? You, you, well, I don't. I don't, I don't want to give any okay. spoilers. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you haven't read to the end of the book yet, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, so it's really, uh, really, really good way to flesh that out, and and mm. even even sort of jumps, it really delves into into Eugene society and how that's structured and mm. and, and that sort of thing. So, no, def- definitely a great read. But I mean, as as well as that, we've we've got some new releases coming our way. Um, we've had a few uh, pictures and things of the what is it, the June releases June that are releases, coming out. Yeah, next? which is like we're seventh of May at the moment, so uh, that's that's pretty early. Yeah, yeah, it's good, good, excellent. Um, so I mean, one that I'm really excited about is is what's his name? Crick Crick Crit Crit Cochran Cochran Crit I can't even say it. Yeah, Crit Cochran. Yeah, um, it's which is going to be an Invincible Army special character. Mm. Um, for a sectorial that came out what three months ago, uh, in terms of the models came out in January. Yeah, uh, and we're already seeing some changes being made to to uh, to this sectorial in in giving them an extra. Uh, special character um, with I mean when they re- when they came out at release there was already a named character in the force mm. this is not that character which is super strange yeah, yeah you think that would be the one for here's a question for you then do, so you said it's an invincible army character do you think they'll be available in vanilla and more importantly do you think they'll be inv- available in Dashat he will be available in because um, he looks like a badass that model yeah so you know uh, from the fluff that we've gotten so far he is Korean mm-hmm. um so I would say is because uh, ooh, I, I think he'd definitely be available in vanilla, but we'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not think he would be available in Dashat. Okay. Just because of like what I was saying with the fluff before. Yeah. The the okay. I, I will put some spoilers in here for those people who haven't read it. Yeah, spoiler the, alert. Those invincibles that uh, sort of join Dashat are from a uh, an ethnic minority within the within Yuxing, which comes uh, from a, a specific uh, area that is predomin- predominantly a Muslim culture which is why they can why they can go to join the Haq Islam basically right and um, uh, and, and so because this character is Korean which is a different ethnic minority within um, Eugene I, I wouldn't see any reason for him joining Dashat company I unless see. they unless they just chuck him in there for for lols yeah <laughs> he does he does look he does look pretty badass yeah, but I think I, he'd feel like he would but I think I well. think it, it is really interesting just to I, I would really love to get some insight from from CB as to why it is they're, they're, they're putting this character in mm-hmm. um so soon after the sectorials release I mean mm-hmm. because it is it is like it's really not very long since the rules for them came out. If if it was something that they were going to put in from the start, why wasn't he in there from the start? And um, if it is something that they want to change to based on the information they're getting on how people are building their lists, I mean, if you look at what is the information we've got so far, is is uh, I mean, his heavy infantry, he's going to be um, an engineer. Mm. I mean, that could point to the fact that a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Invincible Army players are including engineer uh, engineers in their link teams because they've got the um, uh, high dow. the the high dow yeah. that can um, that can wildcard. Mm. It's got an engineer option. So if everybody's taking an engineer, maybe they think, well, why don't we just make an engineer character and and give it to them and let them take an engineer that way? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, to think maybe if it was a, a reaction to, to to the players, or if it was something that's been in the pipework for a while and Maybe he was just a, a delayed release. It's, it's weird because yeah, he's just literally come out of nowhere. Yeah, but uh, if it was a delayed release, why why would you release it three months, four mm. months after? Like why wouldn't it be in the? In why the, wouldn't you I, just put it in from the start? In army as well. Like yeah, you don't have the model, you have the yeah. profile. Yeah. Because there's know. loads of they, they always whenever they bring out a new sectorial, there's always models that don't exist for yeah. it. Yeah. Unless they unless hmm. 
Because I, I guess the other side of it is that if when they release special characters that don't have models, people get into uh, converting them, and then um, like loads of people had conversions for uh, for Rival oh, Spectre. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if they maybe they knew that they were bringing it out super soon, so they didn't want to get people upset by. It's an it's an interesting thought know. actually. Yeah, it it, it talks about. What CB's what CB's thinking? I mean, I, I love the model. I'm looking forward to the profile. Yeah, I think the model is badass. I mm. think it looks amazing. That that pistol, uh, like, have you seen? Like, that, like it looks like a norm, looks like a big ass revolver with something underneath it, like a like a flashlight. Yes. Or, I don't know what that is, but hmm. so it could it could be. I I don't want to speculate because obviously the information is going to come out really mm. soon. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it could be he- uh, heavy pistols. Yeah. Could be chain colt. Mm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's a, it, either way. It's a nice nice sculpt. Looking forward to the model. Love unsure what CV's thoughts were on that, um, but who cares? You're yeah, a new model. exactly. Um, and what else have we seen? That's, uh, so we've had the the Hakislam uh, Namur come out, the, the fast lady climbing mm. plus total immunity girl. Uh, she looks she looks okay from the angle I've seen. The the render looks really good. The model angle I've seen is sort of meh. doesn't really. I don't look at it and go, wow, that's really cool. I look at it and go, yeah, that looks okay. Um, I mean, she's got a sword, and it, you know, they should, yeah, she does. The profile is really great. Um, the model is okay, um, and then the orcs are the other thing that came out, which I think are comical looking, or at least the the, the male orc is comical looking compared to the two female orcs. No, he's, he just he's, looks, he's doing like a hand signal he, to to make everybody stop. That's yeah, like, but he's like twice the size of the female ones, and he's kind of got this kind of weird, like almost like he should be in a video game, like. You know, it's like if you took a 3D orc and like smushed him to make him 2D and then put him on like a South Park screen, that would be the, the pose he'd be making. Be like, drop, stop. You know, he just he just looks a little bit like he shouldn't be Point Man. Yeah, I, I, I can you know? I can I can sort of see that. He's, looking, a, he's a big target. Looking at it, I mean, when you compare it to the female ones next time. Yeah, I mean, just looking at because it's literally one photo that we've got of yeah, this that's model. Right. Yeah. Um, I kind of felt the same same way about some of the Invincible starter the models that came out in the starter mm-hmm. pack mm-hmm. because literally I put them together last week. Um, I've been a, I've been very very naughty and just been proxying everything <laughs> I've been playing up until this point. Yeah. Um, and I put them together and particularly the 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 Lu Jing drop troop. I was not too fussed about that model looking at it on the on the on the on the box yeah. and on the on the images we'd seen. And then I put it together, I'm like, this thing is gorgeous. Mm. I absolutely love the, the pose and everything. So maybe it'll grow on us. That's what that's what I said about the Namura. Is maybe just the angle that they've that they put out there, it just doesn't look right. The 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 proportions look all wrong. Perhaps it's just the way they've taken the full I don't know. And the last thing I think I saw was the dynamos. Mm. Uh, not no one's really too. I haven't really seen any dynamos being run in Ariadna or attack. But I like the minis. I think they look kind of like. I like. I think they. I feel like they belong in like a Bond movie. You know, they're very. Um, yeah, I can see that. Like they've got the body suits, the hel- the kind of helmets. These evil this, henchmen. Yeah, evil henchmen looking kind of thing. Like they could be chasing Bond down a down a down a <laughs> motorway or. Yeah, well, he's on skis. Yeah, that's exactly the same. They're on the motorbikes yeah. going going down the the snow snow covered mountain or something, darting through trees. That's exactly the scene I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. so we, what we need to actually do is convert these motorbikes to snowmobiles. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was that one? Is that the world is not enough? I, I, yeah, I, can't I, can't remember. I think it's the one where the Christmas uh, was released. Yeah, in it. Um, I think that's the the. Well, I think there's an RSD release as well. I haven't seen the models for it. 
people are very angry. Well, not angry, but there's a few people going, oh wait, is that the Puppet Masters for Nomads? And they're like, no, it's an RSDR release. And they're like, no. <laughs> and then there was a couple of other, other things. Paints were released, which I think is really cool. Billy Ho are teaming up with CB now to release. Oh, it was Infinity. like an official uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, it was like, I didn't, you didn't, there was no pictures where it was just say something about the Nomad color scheme or Nomad something or other paint. So that'll be oh, nice yeah. to, to, to have, I don't know, Nomad red. As a Vallejo color, that be that be that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mm. guess that's more just a marketing thing than anything else. It is, it is. But I mean, I, even I've seen myself move to Vallejo paint since I started playing this okay. game. I always used to be use use uh, G Dub paints for yep. so long, um, and I realized that the re reason for it was I just got used to the colors. Okay. You know, I got used to Blood Red, Chaos Black, um, Devil in Mud, all those sorts of things. And then when they sort of changed the color names, and then just decided to just change the whole whole way of it. I was like, maybe I should change my color. Maybe I, maybe it doesn't matter what the name of the paint is, just the color is good and the paint is good. So mm. that's what got me onto Vallejo. So, I mean, for young people maybe starting in the game who don't know how to paint Infinity Miniatures and someone puts someone to Vallejo, then they might be like, oh, well, that's the colors you need because you play Nomads. Yeah, fair so enough. I think, it's, I, think it's, I think it's a good, it's a good move. It's, it's nice. You know, one thing that uh, that I know you've been really keen about mm -hmm. uh, is along with the Daedalus Falls release, we've had an update to Spec Ops. Yes, yes, I I was really, I heard about this happening for a while when Daedalus Fall, before it was released, they said that we're going to have a Paradiso, redo the Paradiso um, campaign, and then there was talk about them going to change the Spec Ops rules, so they have, and they're still pretty broken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the whole, uh, you can still do some pretty janky shit to your spec ops if you want to. But I like I think that's kind of the point, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. don't play spec ops. I mean, yeah. Whenever you, you the tournaments that I've been, all the events that I've been in that have had spec ops, they're generally, well, actually, they have always been a narrative. Narrative, event. exactly. And yeah. the the idea behind a narrative event generally is not that you're there to just crush your opponents. You're there mostly to have a bit of fun and, right. and, 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 and play games yeah. and, and build a story, which is what narrative means, mm -hmm. right? Mm. So if you have the ability to, to spend these points wherever you want, obviously you're going to be able to min-max um, to, to, to make some horrible combinations. Mm. But the I think the, the heart and soul of, of a narrative event and a spec ops character is building someone who's got a story. Yeah. And so, sure, you could give someone all these crazy combinations, but how do you justify that? Mm. Like, wh why do they have all those crazy things? That's right. I mean, and, and they were invented because of the parties of campaign. They were invented mm. because you play them in a, in a in a narrative fashion. You can have them as an extra in an ITS tournament, which I'd be quite keen to to try. Um, we, we were just I was just, we were discussing with Julian before as to whether or not to make them linkable because he reckons that that would be that would actually make them. Um, you wouldn't see very many uh, variations in the spec ops if you could link them. Mm -hmm. uh, but then that depends on which faction you're you're running, whether or not it's a what, sectorial. What, what or, do you mean, or, like if if you've linked someone, you're just going to spend points on ex on on high burst weapons and. Well, for for uh, example, I think uh, Hack Islam can. Um, okay, so Hack Islam, so Rama, for instance, you can have a Gulam link team. And you can put that, you can buy your spec ops, Gulam spec ops, who you pay one point more for. For that one point more, you for 12 XP, you can give them whip 15, a jammer, and an e-mauler, and haul a projector level one. So you can haul them as something else, 
someone gets within eight inches, you just jam them. And they've got this in light teams at six cents level two. And it's got an email alert. Sorry, not email alert, uh, email at. So you can then just EM things. So, like, you know, a tag comes out, you oh, I'll just kill this squishy link team. Surprise, cut fire. And then just, you know. Yeah. That's a little bit, you know. And then, of course, like the simplest one is you can just um, give them a viral sniper rifle, make them BS13, put them in a link. It's a little bit, you know, it's, it's not very imaginative. Um, whether or not we would, like, disallow that, I don't know. But uh, I think. I, th I think it's just the sort of conversation when you when you're having like if you're using it in Paradiso, right? When you do the Paradiso campaign, how many like do you do that with just a, a small group of people? I don't know. I haven't really had a massive look at it. I don't know. I don't but, know how to, how to work it for a Paradiso. But, There's a bit more um, leveling up in yeah. as well. Like and then you can lose things if you die. Whereas in a tournament, doesn't matter. You yeah, min max. But then if you if you make it for if you're having a, a let's not call it a tournament let's call mm. it a narrative event mm -hmm. where you're having um, spec ops in it mm -hmm. I think it's just the sort of thing where you have to have that conversation with the people who are in the in the event that we're not here to min max yeah we're not we're we're here to, to make fun builds but I, then I but guess at the same it's, time like it's it's, it's, it's there's an extra so exactly you, so like I feel like you should just be able to let them do that and if mm -hmm. you, if you want to do it then everyone's gonna probably do it but I do like how every faction has slightly different loadouts sure so rather you're not than gonna see the same thing every time exactly which yeah. is what you would see before that yeah so we, that that will allow a little bit more diversity between lists and again if you have a sectorial or a vanilla list that's gonna that's gonna change mold it a bit i mean I, I was trying to make some really interesting things you know with ad infiltration and and super jump you know that kind of thing would be cool but in the end you're just like oh i can just give them a viral sniper rifle and give them mimetism <laughs> yeah. and then they're on a link team and they're 14 points and the list is wc yeah done <laughs> it's just one of those things i i, I like it i i, I want to i do want to run a, a tournament with spec ops just to see what combination people come out with yeah. and if people then complain that it's a little bit Bit Whatever. Of jank, yeah. Too much jank. Then maybe we won't run it again unless we do a narrative event. Yeah. But I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess the the other the last thing we wanted to talk about before we move on to our main topic of of, uh, of the day, which is Alpha mm -hmm. Strike, mm -hmm. uh, is the changes that have happened, or I guess they you'd call them unofficial official changes. Yeah, this is weird. Offici they're officially unofficial uh, changes through a forum post uh, on <laughs> uh, on on the the mission of uh, decapitation. Uh, Rejigging the scoring so that it's uh, it's less focused on uh, that first turn kill the HVT mm -hmm. the designated target. That's right. Um, whereas now you get more points for killing more lieutenants, mm -hmm. which traditionally has been what that mission's been about. Mm. Um, and then it's it's not five points off the bat if you kill that guy straight away. That's right. Yeah, track. I think it's like now four points if you kill more lieutenants. Two points if you kill the designated target, and an extra point if you kill them with the the, the data tracker. Data tracker. So you, where, you still get three points. Yeah. So where, where is that used to be worth five? Five, exactly. Yeah. Um, which is huge. Which mm -hmm. is uh, crazy. It's number. half what you need. Exactly. Half of ten. Or half half of what you could possibly get. Yeah. So so I think this is a great change. Mm -hmm. um, now there, I mean, there was a bit of confusion as to it being lost in translation, as to if this mm. was a mistake from the Spanish translation that didn't get put in the English translation by mistake or or exactly what happened there. Um, personally, I don't really care why it happened, but now that we've got this change, I think it's great. Yeah, it's another one where you were talking saying before about crits and why they're making this change now. They say it's lost in translation, but it's, it's clearly not a translation issue. It's like the, the points, the whole thing is different. Mm. And this mission's been out for two seasons now. So, so it was in... Was it the same last season? It was exactly the same last season. Really? We, had, we had data trackers last season too. Season nine had data trackers. 
So that's been going on for, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm positive I'm not, because I know data trackers were in season nine, because that was the, yeah. the backdoor crisis. And we had that decap in season nine, and no one I don't, ever... I don't, I don't recall us having this conversation before this current season, though. Something we'll have to check. No, that's um, what I'm saying. Like It's been like that for the last two years. Yeah. So CB only picking up on it now just seems a little bit like, okay. Yeah. I mean, you've had a, you've had inter- Interplanetario, which I don't think DCAP was missioned last year. That'd be worth checking. Mm. But uh, yeah, anyway. Great, great change. It is, it is a much better change, yep. And um, like, sure, you still get those um, three points. There's nothing to, to, to scoff at, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not as skewed to that definitely want to go first as what it was before. Yeah, yeah, you still definitely want to go... Well, yeah, I don't think it relies yeah, I on mean, going first. It, or playing decapitation, I would still pick round one of mm-hmm. the turn one over mm-hmm. deployment, yeah. hands down, but it just means the person who loses that lieutenant role, that whatever it's called, initiative role, yeah. um, is not no longer at a, as much of a disadvantage as what they were previously yeah um, i mean I, I still argue that they weren't an, much of a disadvantage but i think people but there was a definite disadvantage like more yeah. so than than most other like, missions yeah most other missions yeah yeah i mean i i could i could, I of, could uh, like of all the missions mm-hmm. if you looked at all of them i cannot name another one like pre this change i can't name another mission that was more heavily skewed to picking the initiative there's lots of yeah. missions that no, you want to go second in if it's zone control mm-hmm. because then you get the opportunity to um, react. If they're scored at the end of the t- of each game round, you get the opportunity to react to what your opponent's doing. Yeah. If it's scored at the very end of the game, it gives you the advantage of having that last turn to make the last turn push to to be able to unseat whatever your opponent has, 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 has hold of. That's right, yeah. And there's lots of missions that are like that, but I don't think there's any that are as strong as what decapitation was before they made this change. My only issue with this change is that it is officially unofficial or mm-hmm. unofficially official. I'd much prefer it if it was officially official <laughs> and uh, and they did a, a version a, a reversion of the of the actual ITS. That's right. Uh, PDF yep. so that no there was no confusion. I mean and, and comlog's updated. Oh, has it? Yeah. It's updated to the right. Well, if comlog's right updated then then, that's... then I'm done. <laughs> I love comlog. They were ahead of I, they were ahead of CB on the, on this one. They just <laughs> went and upgrade up, updated it. Yeah. Uh, which I guess speaks volumes about how much people probably didn't like it the way it was or they were happier with the way that they um, Heloise um, changed it to, so or not changed it to, made it the Spanish one. Mm. Yeah, um, uh, I guess oh, I, we won't go into this too much, but I just I just I did want to say though that now that we have more of an emphasis on killing LTs, now it's worth four points to kill more. Um, there was a question about how does that work when you don't suffer those losses, lieutenant. You change your lieutenant after you've lost your lieutenant. What happens if that lieutenant comes back to life again from via a doctor or regeneration or whatever? Because uh, the rules around killing in the mission breakdown specify that a model is only killed if it's removed from the table or in a null state at the end of the game. Um, what happens when you put a lieutenant into null state and say we're having a game, Nick, it's my turn. I put one of your lieutenants into a null state. I don't take so, off the so table. You, you, and, you, and unconscious. 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 Um, then in your turn, you walk your sofa tech over to your LT and you revive him. 
Now, obviously, at the beginning of that turn, your tactical phase, you nominate a new lieutenant. That's open information. You tell me, okay, that guy's dead, that guy's unconscious. That uh, I'm going to nominate this new uh, guy as my lieutenant. Um, then you go walk over the sofa tech and revive that guy who is no longer your lieutenant. If we get to the end of that game, does this guy who's still alive, if he's still alive, do I get that LT kill? Now, I, can, I, I would say yes. People have said no mm-hmm. because it's scored at the end of the game, yeah, and um, it's it's based on the the something is considered killed if it is unconscious or in a, if it's if it's off the table or if it's in a null state at the end of the game. That's right. right? Yeah. Now that model, so say it's Sunsei is unconscious and then he's no longer unconscious, and at the end of the game he is still in play. Sure, he's no longer my lieutenant, but he's not unconscious. Yeah. He's not in a null state and he's not off the table. So have you killed him? No, you haven't no, killed I haven't. him. No, yeah, yeah. But you have eliminated one of my lieutenants. So I, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't make, want to make a judgment on that either way, given I have seen both sides of the coin. Um, personally, if I was running a tournament, I would say that yes, that does count, and it's something that I would definitely clarify beforehand that that um, reviving a, a, a lieutenant. From a null state, or an ex-lieutenant, ex-lieutenant, yeah. From a null state, that still counts as getting rid of of uh, that. Still counts as a point for the number of lieutenants you've killed. Mm-hmm. I would say that's how I would rule it. Yeah, if I was running a tournament. Because um, because the addition to that, I guess, is uh, uh, so we we got into the stage where I've knocked down Sun Z. You've, you've walked over. You've revived him. Um, he's no longer your lieutenant. If I knock him down again and take him to the even, if just kill him off the table. What, what happens then? Because when, when I knocked him down the second time, he wasn't your lieutenant. So do I guess get nothing for that? So is that... And I, and I don't have a horse in this race either way. I just feel like that's not very well spelled out because, you know, I think it's down to the term killing that they've done, that the CB have put in there that says killed has to be, you know, basically I think the word is like something like off the table or something like that, or in a null state at the end of the game. This just creates this weird kind of like, well... I mean, and, and, and like, if you have to then physically go over and like double tap this guy to get the points, that's fine. But I feel like there is a misconception around in the Infinity con- community. Um, uh, an example being in CanCon when Jono was facing off against an avatar who was the obvious lieutenant. He dropped the Lou. He dropped the avatar. Then he got the, his opponent got the avatar back up again. And then Jono was like, "I need to take this avatar out." to get that LT kill, obviously to get the armor points, but also, but more importantly, to get the LT kill. And I, and I, to me, I was like, well, you've already taken him down. He's no longer your lieutenant. If you take him down now, you're not, do actually, you, taking you're not actually taking out the lieutenant. So there's kind of this weird, like, okay, sure, you want to take him down for army points. And also I feel like the term killing is regarding army points, not necessarily LTs. I feel like CCB should, should clear that up. I know, I know there's people out there who feel like it's cut and dry, but I think there's a lot of people out there who do, who do not mm. meet you and, you and I, you and I included. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. No, something which I think we definitely appreciate a bit of uh, clarity. Yes, on. please. But, FEQ, um, next yeah. one. Thank you. <laughs> next quarter. Done. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's on the, it's on the <laughs> way. All right. Yeah. Okay. It's in the pipe. Mm. All right. Well, do you want to move on to, to our, our main topic? Yes, let's. Of... Uh, of the evening, mm. which is uh, Alpha Strike, or how I learned to stop worrying <laughs> and love the Sujan. Love the Sujan. 
Um, it's a great Kev, movie, by the way. Take it away. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. It's, it's on my list. It's so it's so weird and random. Yeah. It, uh, Peter Sellers is just phenomenal. Yeah. I love him. Love yeah. him. Um, Alpha Strike. Okay, right. Well, I've, I, when we discussed Alpha Strike, I was like, what is Alpha Strike? So I went to Wikipedia. <laughs> and like, where you get all of the all the most important knowledge um, and uh, Wikipedia defines Alpha Strike as the first coined during the Vietnam War by the US Navy and refers to the practice of committing all of a carrier's like an aircraft carrier uh, air resources to a single mission rather than rotating them in gaming terms this might mean trying to win by severely crippling your opponent in the first turn as opposed to over several turns or a period of time which may give the opposition a chance to recover so in short it means Crushing your opponent in the first in the first turn of the game, so that they cannot come back and and fight. Exactly, applying that devastating blow mm. straight up yep. first turn. Um, and I can think of several games where this has paid off for me. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's paid off a bit too much. But we'll, 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 <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that as well. But I mean, I guess that when you're when you're talking about um, how you how, how you address this in a game of Infinity, there's loads of different goals yes. that you can have with your Alpha Strike. Um, we've we've list, listed a few that we want to talk about. Um, crippling your opponent so they're un unable to fight back effectively. Is, I mean that's basically encompassing everything that we're we're talking about here. If you if you if you go after their order pool, that's de that's going to cripple them. Um, going after their lieutenant, if it's an obvious lieutenant, and you know who it is, then that's going to put it, unless they've got chain of command, that's going to put them into lost lieutenant for their first turn, which puts them at a massive disadvantage compared to where you're at. Makes them very uh, much less efficient at uh, uh, being able to do anything. It, exactly. Yeah. So so those are the like th those two things, particularly. Um, for, for me personally, when I go on an alpha strike, I'm not trying to kill... Um, I've got my big killy piece. I'm not trying to kill their big killy piece. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to kill all their little shit. All the, all the grunts that are producing orders for their kill machine That's so right. that when it comes to their turn, it turns out instead of having 10 orders in that, in that first pool, they've only got five yep. because I've been ridiculously efficient in my murder. That's right, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you could also, uh, I guess if, if you, you can go after the, the grunts um, uh, with your kill piece. Um, however, if you feel, I guess, confident enough or if your opponent has maybe um, misdeployed one of their kill pieces, you can use your kill piece to kill their, their, their kill piece. Um, and then if you eliminate their, their one big hit piece, then they're left with a whole bunch of orders that can't, that hopefully cannot do much or hopefully cannot... Um, impact you to accomplish your 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 mission. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so that's I guess that's um, from an alpha strike perspective. That's that's a preemptive strike. In, yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. You've, yeah, you've exactly. identified the thing that is the biggest threat to mm -hmm. you, and so you're going to spend your resources in eliminating that threat, which then uh, forces your opponent to rethink their entire strategy. Yeah. Uh, because they're going to have to use less effective pieces to achieve the as as best an outcome they can, as opposed to. I mean, when I build a list, I'll generally have like probably two pieces, that maybe three sometimes. Generally, two or three yeah. that are going to do most of the work. Now, if they if, if if the top top one or the top two, the top two of those get taken out in my in my opponent's first turn before I've even had had a had 
how to go to spend any of my own orders, yeah. then um, then that's definitely gonna gonna really impact the way that I'm gonna play the rest of that game. Oh, definitely, yeah. You know, yeah. If you're if you're taking out grunts and order pools, then that person hasn't got orders to spend on the big killy piece. But if you have an opportunity uh, to yeah to take out a tag in turn one, then that's gonna put your opponent in their turn one going shit. I've lost the the thing I was going to use all these orders on. Now I have to think about my plan B. And if you can make their, you know, if you can force your opponent to change their uh, their plan, their strategy, then then you're kind of winning. Mm. Mm. Um, like one of the notes we've put down here is lieutenant hunting. Personally, I'm I'm I don't think I've maybe once or twice have I ever killed a lieutenant in the first turn. But just be, I guess there's um, and we'll go into this in a minute in terms of what makes an ideal alpha strike piece. The armies that I play don't really have access to the types of pieces yeah. that you're going to be using to kill lieutenants. Um, so it's not something that I'll generally go for. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. but it, but it can still be a be a be a, a killing blow. I mean, we, we recently had the um, the ECM uh, tournament here in Melbourne. Uh, both of us were unable to 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 attend, unfortunately. Um, so we won't go into it in too much detail. But at last year's ECM, in the final game of the day, I was playing against Jacob, and uh, I had uh, Sunsei as my obvious lieutenant. And I'm like playing against his uh, combined army he was playing that day, and so he had the first turn, and uh, he just he do, he had an avatar, so it's uh, Strategos level three versus Strategos level three that cancelled out our special deployment stuff. So I've got Sunzay on the board, and he's put down um, a specular killer like literally right in front of him, and uh, yeah, that ruined my day. Mm. Ruined my day. Not anymore, though. Changes <laughs> oh, to total immunity. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I oh. just shrug off that like that monofilament. What? Oh, that's <laughs> a feather. How about tails? That's right. It's yeah. just a damage. It's just a damage twelve sword now on a guy who's armor six with exactly. two wounds, three wounds, oh. two wounds, and one. Fucking go back in time with these new rules. That was <laughs> change everything. Oh. Specular. What are you doing, mate? <laughs> go back home. Yeah, but some. I know. Another thing you want to look at is. I mean, in, in missions that are specifically designed around killing something in your opponent's army, if it's killing the, the HVT, the designated target in something like DCAP, or if it's just killing army points, mm. right? That alpha strike uh, gives you the opportunity to really stretch ahead in, um, in, 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 in that type of a mission. Yes, exactly. Yeah. To, to, uh, to allow you to, to... I mean, I mean... I don't necessarily look to score points with this. Even in a kill mission, I wouldn't look to score points with an alpha strike. It's more focused on uh, crippling your opponent um, and, and and eliminating their ability to uh, play the game they want to play mm -hmm. because they either don't have enough orders anymore or their their main pieces that they wanted to use are now out of action yeah 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 or you've you've you know, like you've run achilles down the down the flank of an enemy and you've taken out maybe a couple of pieces but now that your opponent now has to redirect the resources to kill this thing because if you know they can't let it survive because generally speaking these all strike pieces aren't designed to survive to the end of the game if they do, it's a bonus. But actually, if they do, you're probably not using them well enough. Some of them are pretty tough, though. They're, yeah, well, some of them are and, very and, tough. And, yeah, so I, I guess do we want to go on to talk about like what we would consider our ideal 
alpha strike cases. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would sort of, I think I said before, I, I would sort of break them down into two, two main categories um, where you have like something like Achilles, which is a, you know, a big beefy three wound high armor piece that you generally starts in your deployment zone and uses its, its, um, its, its high armor, high wounds to bully its way up the board and then just kill everything that it can see. Um, and then you have your other kind of alpha strike piece, which which is uh, which doesn't have that as many wounds, doesn't have as high armor, but has some other kind of uh, bonus. Usually, uh, regarding deployment, it allows it to either deploy up fields in the deployment zone or somehow come down from reserve, like in like AD, um, to surprise your opponent and wreak havoc that way. Yeah, I think the 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 real crux of 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 using a uh well, excuse me, using a, an alpha strike piece is that you need something that you can get to the enemy with. That's right, yeah. So, so, you, so, common. so sure, you might have something that's real tough and got a great gun on it, oh, excuse me, but if your opponent has deployed super defensively, then and it, if something with a 4-4 four, four move or 4-2 move can't even, it's not order efficient enough to get up there, make the killing blow that you want to make, and then put itself into a good position to, to hunker down or get back to your deployment zone to, to, to hunker down. So I think uh, mobility is key. Yep. And so when we talk about um, what is a good alpha strike piece, it's either something that is starts your deployment zone and is super mobile. So things like, like I mean, as we'll talk about, I'm, I'm, as I'll talk about <laughs> several times today, the Sujan, which can move, it's got eight two movement, which is which is crazy, but um, or it has the option to have eight two movement, um, and then, uh, but also things like Achilles with his Achilles got six four, he's six four, yeah. Um, so it's still a total of move moves totaling ten inches, which mm -hmm. is massive, um, and that's the sort of thing that you need to be able to get to the enemy. Yeah, and then um, of, course, of course, like tags as well. They're, yeah. they're six. Most most of them are six four move as That's well. That's right. The the big heavy hitting tags mm -hmm. uh, are pretty much all six four. Yeah. Um. So they've got that movement. They've got that mobility. Uh. To get to where they need to be, which is generally the other side of the table. Yes. Uh. To to do some damage. Mm -hmm. Uh. The converse to that, like converse, is that the right word? The the yeah the the other side of that being something that doesn't necessarily have to have crates good move because it's already got a deployment uh, special skills like infiltration, like uh, impersonation, yep. which is an impersonation that automatically lets it deploy up there. Is that, yeah, it's it, embedded in that impersonation? Yeah, impersonation skill? state allows you to deploy um, anywhere uh, anywhere that's not in the enemy deployment zone. If you want to deploy in the enemy deployment zone, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a whip roll. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, so those sorts of models as well can be... Um, can, can be great for, for the alpha strike because sure they don't have the super they don't have the mobility but they don't need it because they're already there they're already there yeah yeah and then like like equally yeah they may not have the wounds they may not have the armor but generally speaking those wounds and armor are there to soak up damage as they get there because even if you are moving 10 inches a turn if you're took your copy arrows you know mm. crits happen you know, that's well, well, actually, crits don't care about armor, but you know. You know that's I mean. why you take a Sujan, mm. which can cautious move eight <laughs> inches, and you don't have to worry about arrows. That's a good point, actually. That's a, <laughs> that's a really great point. So maybe why don't we talk about the the, the types of alpha strike pieces that you enjoy, and uh, talk to me about why or what you think they uh, or what uh, tactics can you use to to get this guy into where you need him Definitely. and cause the most damage. Sure. So um, yeah, uh, the the 
in terms of ranking, I guess the, we'll talk about these two different types separately. The, yes, the, yeah, the, I think the, so. The heavy kill pieces versus your lighter, like infiltrating kill assassins, pieces. Assassins, I yeah. guess we could call them. Yeah, yeah your assassin pieces. So your um, your heavy kill pieces, things like the Sujan, things like Achilles, things like Tags. I, I would, um, uh, by and large, for this role, put if I had to rank compare like attack tags are great at doing this sort of thing uh, because of their big weapons heavy armor they can cop aros that sort of thing i would definitely rank a heavy infantry with a high movement value over a tag any day because he does have some definitive uh advantages that the tags by their the nature of of what they are aren't able to do things like being able to cautious move tags are not allowed to cautious move mm -hmm. if you've got like the sujan a uh a first value of eight inches you can cautious move a very long way mm -hmm. which means that sure you you don't want to you might not want to cop arrows but you're not going to be copying arrows because you're you're cautious moving that far yeah um you can also jump eight inches which is something that a lot of people don't even never expect. Where if, if you've gotten your guy up on, on top of a building and uh, your opponent's like seeing where he is and like, okay, it's not that bad because he has to come to this corner of the building to be able to see these models, and then he'll cop ARS from that this direction, this direction. You just do a full move, a full order jump from that building onto another building on the other side of the street, and there was there might not if there's not any ARS there. Land on the other side of the uh, on the other building. You've completely repositioned yourself and uh, and and taken them potentially sh getting shots in the back because your opponent hadn't necessarily planned for that sort of thing. Mm. Um, so so that sort of I that's mean, another sort of mobility trick. Yes, yeah. you leveraging high high movement values with super jump or climbing plus. Not even super jump, just, or just regular just jump. Just using yeah, just using jump. Yeah, 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 which is not something people think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, climbing plus as well. It, it, it adds to that that mobility mm -hmm. um to being able to move super far being able to go prone as well is a, is a massive advantage over tags over because tags, yeah. they can't go prone they're always standing up because you can go prone with a sujan and still yeah, four can, inches that's right <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good i like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah if yeah, listeners mm -hmm. if you haven't realized i mean it's in the heading we're going to be talking about the sujan a lot tonight because it's amazing um <laughs> well, I'm going to be talking about yep. it a lot tonight. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the, the you, yeah. So 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 heavy infantry versus tags. I heavy infantry with a high mo with highly mobile heavy infantry versus tags. Definitely want to go for the the highly mobile heavy infantry. Um, the thing that tags are still fine with is because they've got so many structure that if they cop an ARO, it doesn't really matter because they just keep walking. And, and these heavy infantry things can, can often do that sort of thing as well. Where um, if you're in a face-to-face -face role, you've got that ability to just keep on keep on trucking. Yeah. Because uh, even, even if you lose that face-to-face -face role or they, your opponent gets that lucky crit, uh, it's not the end of the world because you've got two or three wounds that you can soak up. Um, and if, even if you do lose a face-to-face -face role, um, without a crit, you've got big armor that you can often pass your armor and uh, generally speaking a high bs like True. Uh, tags tend to have the highest bs of any of any faction achilles i think is bs 15 so even if he or bs 14 anyway it's high so it's even 15, if yeah, even if they are 15, yeah even if they are trying to 
bully their way, you know, they can bully their way up the board by, or they can sneak their way up the board, or if they need to, they can go into firefight. BS15, even if you're in bad range, you're still hitting on like nines most of the time with four with four dice. So it's it's um, and that's not that's not obviously not including any vision mods you may have on, mm. on those on those uh, those big pieces. So yeah, you can effectively get up the board. But then, but then here you go. About these for these pieces, why is it so important that you need to get up the board on these on something like the Sujan? Like, why do you want to? Why why can't you just sit back and go? Oh, I'll just trip things from my deployment zone. Why do you what, need to get up there? Well, I mean, something like the Sujan, its two loadout options have either a Spitfire, which is great from eight to twenty-four. Mm -hmm. um, twenty-four inches is a long way, um, but generally, I mean, if if your opponent going second is generally gonna uh, deploy fairly defensively. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, we'll get so so I guess you need to get up to you need to get up the board so you can leverage your range bands, but also try and catch your opponent out of cover or or isolate those arrows through. That's right. Not just copying up. You know, the things that you want to kill in your alpha strike are not going to be easy to get to. That's right. Yep. Okay. So that's why you want to be super, that's why you want to take something that's really mobile because then you have the ability to get to them. Right. So, yep. so, okay. so spending your orders to, to cautious move and um, to, to avoid those arrows and, and, and move move and, and, and all those sorts of things to uh, to get to where you want to where you need to get to to kill the things that you want to kill, which are the things your opponent does not want you to kill. Yeah, okay. So when you're when you're deploying, if when you're going second, you're gonna have your ARO pieces, and they'll be they'll be your TR bots, your your linked missile launcher, or, or sniper rifle, or whatever, that are gonna be in the best positions you can put them into. Mm -hmm. When you've got your uh, your kill piece that's moving from your deployment zone, those are the things that you don't want to engage because your opponent wants you to engage them yeah you want to be engaging the things that they don't want you to engage which are tougher to get to but i mean depending on the amount of terrain that you've got on a table um it, it, it's it can still be done it just depends on, on i guess that's another advantage that csu jan may have or a kind of advantage that sujan may have over a, over something like a tag because a tag typically has an hmg true and an hmg is only good over 16 inches Sometimes you need to be within 16 inches in order to be able to see those squishy orders sitting in the back line, like the eight point baggage bot that you want to kill. Um, our tag, well, for one, is an S7 model, so it's pretty big, hard to hard to hide, hard to maybe squeeze through those tight spots, but also, unless it's got a heavy flamethrower, which some of them do, um, an HMG isn't going to cut it, where something like a Spitfire, which Achilles and, and uh, the Sujan has, uh, and uh, uh, Tariq has as well. He's a, he's, a, he's also a very good alpha strike piece. Not as good as as a, as a Sujan for reasons of armor and wounds. Um, I know. To, I mean, uh, of the the list that I put together of of top uh, top kill pieces, mm -hmm. top alpha strike like heavy infantry, heavy not heavy infantry, but heavy kill pieces. Yeah. I mean, Sujan's number one. Tariq Mansuri is 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 my number two. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Although, I'd, I'd put Achilles at probably number one okay, above, I, above the Sujan, in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't um, realize Achilles had BS fifteen. Mm, oh, he's at number two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Achilles is pretty. Well, it depends which way which one you want to go for because he's got like an armor four version with ODD or an armor six version with mimetism. <sighs> there's a, that's a, that's always a debate. Yeah. I, mean, I wish Jacob were here to to waffle on about how which one's better, but I'm sure Jacob will tell us later. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> which which Achilles is better for, for reasons unknown. But yeah, but, when yeah. it when it comes to tags, like the 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 stock um, loadout for a tag, which most of your generic tags have, is a multi HMG and anti flamethrower, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, the multi HMG it's only good past sixteen inches. I mean. I say it's only good. Like it's still not that bad at, at smaller ranges. Than I mean, that. It's like a zero. It's, you're just probably minus three for cover if you're shooting. Yeah. Which are still probably BS eleven or twelve. But you're you're in your 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 uh, primary range bands. Yeah. Between what is it sixteen to thirty two? Mm-hmm. Which is I would call that long range. Yeah. Um, something like uh, and and yeah so I, yeah I'd call that long range. So that's the sort of thing that you you can bully your opponent's ARO pieces with um, because you're getting those longer range shots off. Yeah, that's right, yeah. What I'm talking about uh, here is something that is 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 more niche in terms of getting around corners, uh, through tight spots, identifying a place where your opponent didn't really consider a th- as a threat vector mm-hmm. because it is so difficult to get to. That's right, yeah. Um, so these things that are much more mobile can get to those places and start murdering things. Definitely, yeah. So um, what did you put as your... Uh, did, you have a, did you make a top five or top three of, of those kind of kind of pieces? I think I just said what you I did. You did, you did say, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, so you yeah. said three of them, didn't you? Is yeah, two, no, I, don't, I haven't made a list of five. Okay, right. Five, no, no, I just I was curious. No, so was, yeah, my top top three... In for for those types of, uh, of 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 murder murder machine kill pieces, number one. Anybody's guess the Sujan. Yeah. Um, Do you ever take the heavy shotgun version? I've never taken. Oh, sorry, I've taken it once, mm-hmm. which was in a practice game for last year's ECM, and the only reason I took it was no, no, I took it as a duo, so I had two oh, of them. Okay, right. And yeah. one of them had the Spitfire, one of them had the heavy shotgun. Um, the reason why I don't take the heavy shotgun, I mean, in this sort of scenario, it can the heavy shotgun could be um, could be considered because w- when you are getting that really close range band up to eight inches plus six, which is amazing, um, potentially ballistic skill fourteen if you're in combat mode, so plus six uh, could get you hitting on twenties if you're lucky. Um, the reason why I don't take it is because um, and, and sorry. And another reason why it's really good is because you get that that uh, template yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. which which can be devastating. The reason why I always favour the Spitfire over the heavy shotgun, which is what I consider a, some like something I consider when I'm whenever I'm making a list, is I always prioritise burst mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because of the way the crit mechanic works in this game. Uh, the more dice you're rolling, the more likely you are to roll a crit. Yeah. Uh, so crits are just great. And when you're rolling four dice, uh, it's much nicer. You, you're much you're like twice as likely to get a crit basically than if you're rolling two dice. Even if your your hit modifiers are better on the on the the, boarding, the uh, heavy shotgun. Heavy shotgun. Yeah. And uh, when with the Sujan as well, it's got a light flamethrower as well. So both of them do have that. That's yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I feel like when you when you're deciding or when you when you're determining what you want to take. As, as a piece, you need something that is as versatile as possible. Yeah. Um, you So the, the Sujan with the Spitfire, for, for close range, has got the light flamethrower. Medium range, it can't, it's it got the Spitfire. And then long range, it's got a Panzerfaust as well. Oh, so, it does, is it? That's yeah. right. Okay. Which, which I think I've mostly only ever used in ARO. Yeah. But Fair still, 
it, 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 it pays off. So my mm. number one pick is the Sujan. Um, looking through Army as we speak now, uh, I, I would put Achilles as my second. Mm-hmm. Um, which one? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. Let's, let's just say the one that's got more armor, I guess. Yeah, I feel like most people would, would, would say that because... Yeah, having ODD is nice because you're neg six to hit, but then if you do get hit, then you kind of want that armor six or armor nine in cover. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, you want that. I'm just going to count both of them. Mm, yeah. I say Achilles, and I'm not going to say which version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my number three is um, Tariq. Tariq, okay. Yeah, yeah. I put Tariq. Mm-hmm. Particularly now that it can be linked. Um, like, I'm... <clears throat> personally I would not put Tariq in a five man link I think he's going to be best in a three man link mm-hmm. because one of Tariq's like we've been talking about versus, uh, mobility one of Tariq's great points is how mobile he is yeah. as soon as you stick him in a five man link then he's he's weighed down by those four other models that are that are tagging along with him that's right if you've just got him in a three man link then um, then you're still getting that plus one burst and for someone like Tariq, who really wants an extra die to throw because he's got double the chance of getting crits, then um, then then that's really the best link team mod that you want for him. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd say I'd say the super jump really really helps him that get too. to where he needs. I was playing a game against Ryan last week, and he he actually he, he ran a well, it was just a cordage, but same thing super jump he was just he knew i was at well i was sort of gunning for this cordage and he just decided he was just going to go four forward super jump up on top of a eight inch building and he was like come get me i'm like i i can't really mm-hmm. i've got nothing that can get there fast enough and then in his turn he was like sweet i'll just jump back down from the building and car out my carnage i was like yeah that's a pretty good tactic because you know he's on because like even Tariq is only two wounds with armor three but if he can get on top of a building you know and they just go prone you got to spend a lot of just getting there, and then he can just jump off that building in his own turn and carry True. on murdering. So, yeah, he's, he's great. I was going to put in um, Sheskin as well from the new Shazvasti. Oh, the new one. Yeah, oh, she's I, um, I yeah, she's that. pretty good. Um, she's got high BS, uh, Red Fury, or multi rifle. Uh, she has a good uh, good movement value. She can get up to four wounds because of her Protheon. Situational, obviously. Uh, I think she's got a nano screen built in, which kind of gives her like an armor four most of the time. Um, she's sort of on par with with Tariq. I think Tariq. I think she's. You could argue she's slightly better because uh, she has um, a lot bit more survivability, but um, Tariq also has a bit more mobility with his super jump. If I wanted to bring up the Shishkin, oh no, I found it. Never mind. Um, Cadbus. No, Cadmus yeah, is that Cadmus a special character? Yeah, yeah. Or is that... That's, no, Cadmus Agent Sheshkin. She's BS15. Apparently she's BS15 because she stole Achilles' BS. I don't know if that's true or not. Physical 15, physical 15, wounds 2. What have we got? No wounding cap or just wounds 2 wounds? No. Protheon? So... Yeah. So she can... Yep, get yep. it. Do the... Do the, yeah, do the. <laughs> not the don't do that sound. Yeah. <laughs> no, we went through that last time. I don't, I don't need it again. Um... Uh, multi rifle or red fury pulsar is that the that pulsar that's the big big de- nano pulsar yeah yeah the big template nano pulsar uh, fatality level two yeah okay no this is really good mm-hmm. she's super good oh she's wild card as wild card as well mm-hmm. so I mean um, if you're running in her and combined she's still really great if you're putting her link team 
like you say, she suffers from the same problems as Tariq does because he gets dragged down. I was gonna, I was gonna say that this approach is re- this is literally the first time I've looked at this profile, uh-huh. and it really reminds me very much of what Tariq has to offer. Yeah, because yeah. you got fatality level two, you're linkable. I mean, ballistical fifteen is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, yeah, no, I, I can see why you'd like this. Oh yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that any other um, models in that? Um, any other big hit pieces I can think of? There's about the avatar. The Avatar is great. It kind of suffers the same problems as other tags, though, because it, it, it has... Okay, it's got Sip, Sip, Sitter, Sip, Sitter, Sip, Sitter, uh, which is great because it can just turn things on your side. But again, you need to get into that direct template range, and then you've got a tag that, okay, it's Armor 9, but it's still a tag. It can't be possessed, but it, it has all those same problems that it can be hacked, it can be shut down, someone can go on and just, you know, mm. chuck, a de- chuck a decharge on it um, kind of thing. Um... It's, yeah, I don't know. Alpha Strike piece, Yeah, it is, it kind of falls in with a lot of the other tags. It's, it's, it's definitely a kind of fear-inducing kind of thing. You put it on the table and suddenly everything wants to shoot it. Otherwise it will wreck face. But again, it's, it's kind of, that needs to get close. And I, I think as Julian, I think said before, it's one of the, it's like a tank where you want to, you want to, you want to chuck it forward, but then you want to pull it back. Mm. Whereas something like Achilles, you don't give a fuck. Just run that thing up there. And then just sit in your opponent's deployment zone as they come at me. Because I can deal with it. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to waste a whole first turn. Anytime I face Achilles, if I've taken him down, I've wasted my entire first turn doing so. That's right. But I've had to because if I don't, then he's just going to come around my backline and kill everything I have. Yeah. And so, like, some, the reason why you wouldn't put, um, you wouldn't put a, uh, the Avatar in this type of top list mm. is because he's, he's always your lieutenant. Yep. So he's... Um, uh, and you don't want to lose your lieutenant, so you, you don't want to spend all... And like like we said with the definition of what an alpha strike is, it is committing all of your resources to that first hit. Uh, it's, yeah. not, it's not running up, killing a few things, and running back, which is what you want to do with an avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, it is throwing everything in to make that crippling strike. Yeah. Now, the issue with try, doing that with an avatar is that if you fail... And you haven't crippled your opponent with that with that first turn strike, yeah. then your lieutenant is in a very vulnerable spot because he's, he's 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 really far up. He's not in his ideal range bands, and 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 that makes him vulnerable. That's right. And I mean, he does have mnemonica, so if he does go down, then you can just you know, pew. Oh, of course. But but still, he's still a hundred and he's, he's something such points. Such a huge chunk of your arm. And like, if you if you even put that into training points, you know, an avatar has to kill at least as many points as he's worth to kind of make that back. Whereas yeah. something like Sheskin or, or Tariq or, or Sujan, who's like what, between 50 and 80 50, points? 50 to 60, 50, 60 is yeah. what we're talking about. Is perfect. You can you can, you can can throw him in. I think uh, Khalid is more like 70 something points, mm. but even still, like he can do a lot of damage. Um, and he can make his points back a lot easier than something like an avatar can. Yep, definitely. Mm. Okay, well, I guess we can move on to the the other type of uh, of alpha strike pieces, <coughs> alpha strike pieces, which are things that um, might not be as tough as uh, as these heavy infantry monsters that we that we we're talking about here, but have other abilities and, and other loadouts and other skills that may, make them uh, mobile in their own right and and threatening in in their own right as well. So these are things that um, uh, things like your infiltrators, often camo, often camo or to camo, to camo as well. To is there any? T- yeah, to camo infiltrators as well. Yeah. Um, uh, AD troops, uh, 
uh, infiltrators, not infiltrators. We said that um, impersonators. Impersonators. That's the other word. That's the word I'm, I was looking for. Impersonators. Um, is there anything else you consider in that category? Uh, AD infiltrators, impersonators. Yeah, those anything any, anything that can deploy at least to the halfway point of the the board, if not further, um, would fall into that category. Mm. Yeah, so these types of models are often quite weaker than the ones that we've been talking about up until this point, but are no less frightening in their ability to kill things. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so we said that yeah, they're, so they're weaker, um, but they can usually, like, say, because of their deployment, uh, they can get to where they need to, so without without um, having to run through a whole bunch of barrage of arrows. Uh, they usually have some sort of vision mods, be it TO, regular camo, uh, and also they can uh, leverage the marker state um, to get past those uh, Nicholson arrows. Uh, That's right. And, and, so and to, to, to get to their, their chosen target. Yeah, so when, when, when you're talking about, um, I get, yeah, I guess talking about, like, if we take a step back, looking at, the, at those heavy kill pieces, my main thing for those heavy kill pieces is taking out your opponent's uh, order pool mm -hmm. and, and crippling them that way. Looking at, at these ones, the, generally the the top contenders for this um, assassin role are the ones that are going to be killing your opponent's kill pieces or killing your opponent's obvious lieutenant. Yep. Those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Things like uh, uh, impersonators with their crazy close combat are ideal for that sort of situation. Yeah. So, um, so while they are, um, can often be the... Like it's a glass cannon. Um, once they've done their task, they will generally fall over. I mean, um, if you're using a, a, an impersonator aggressively and you charge it into close combat with something, it, it will kill that thing that it is trying to kill most of the time. Yeah. But once it's done that, it's standing in in the open with its dick out, uh, while your opponent can then just arrow it to to. To, to the nethers. Yeah, that's 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 right. I guess it, it does it does sort of function better um, as a, as a as a scalpel as a surgical instrument where it will come in and it will take out. It will you'll have a target in mind, be it a you know get like an enemy scary enemy arrow piece or a uh, an, an obvious lieutenant. But you know it, it can be used to take out um, backline orders. You know if you've got a whole bunch of cheap uh, baggage bots or whatever just sitting there, you know you can just. Put an impersonator down there. Put um, Usha down there. Put some kind of a shinobu down there. Uh, walk in, reveal, stab, revert, you know, around the corner, stab. Because again, they they are generally superior CC, um, but you still have to be careful about putting them against something that can that can um, take a hit or two. Because mm -hmm. these guys are pretty squishy. Yeah. Uh, you know, a number of times I've walked a fide into close combat with something like a fusilier. And it got stabbed in the eye with a knife. Is it's too many to count. Close, you know? close combat's always a risk. It's always a bit of a risk. So, so, so something where like Achilles wouldn't wouldn't give a shit about a fusilier, um, either in combat or against a Spitfire, a Fide or a Speculo. You know, there is that there is that uh, worry there um, that either you have to leverage uh, some kind of uh, surprise attack or or vision mods. Otherwise, you're best off just putting your eggs into one basket and attacking one piece making sure it dies and then that's it mm. um, i mean as a general rule these types of pieces will more often than not have as well as high close combat skills and close combat weapons they'll have 
really close range guns. Yeah. Things yeah. like boarding shotguns, things like, I don't know, chain rifles, uh, think, or like, um, even pistols. What is it? Uxia has like a heavy uh, pistols. She's an assault or, pistol. Assault pistol? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things like that, which are really only good up to eight inches, yeah. but have either high burst from your assault pistol or the boarding shotgun gives you that massive <coughs> hit mods, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, so they're going to be really doing their damage up close and personal. Yeah. And another thing that a lot of them have as well are, are smoke grenades. Sure. Um, because, like I say, you can use the marker state to get to where you need to, but if you... You know, if you don't have a smoke grenade, you might walk in and kill this one guy, but then everyone else is going to kill you as a result. Whereas if you have a smoke grenade, you can throw that down, walk into the smoke, kill the guy that you need to, and then nobody else is going to ARO you unless you have MSV2 or 3. Um, so that's another thing that you, that, that not not all of these have, but um, something like, yeah, like a Fide, like a Speculo, like Usha, um, like Shinobu, they all have smoke grenades, so they can use that to get to where they need to. Mm. Yeah, so... Um I, did we? I, I just wanted to talk about AD for, mm, for a moment mm-hmm. in, in, in this category. Now, yeah. um, personally, I am not a massive fan of using AD as an alpha strike, simply because AD works best when you're... I, I guess the, the, the negatives of AD, particularly when you're dropping in and making that roll, if, it, if you're using an alpha strike, that means that you're... you're th- putting all your eggs in that basket to, to, to drop into an ideal position. If it's your alpha strike piece, you haven't really had any chance to take out any of your opponent's abilities to negate that that drop. So more more often than not, that role is going to be a um, an opposed role. Yeah. Uh, so it gives your opponent a chance to, to, to knock out your AD trip off the bat and let him drop in some random spot. Yeah, or you could just fail that roll, because because and and that happens all the time. Even if you have buffed it with with your own hacker, generally because most AD troops have got fizz twelve, yeah. so you're you you seventy five percent chance of succeeding on your roll, which still leaves a twenty five percent window to fail on that one die that you have no other in, uh, ability to change. Yeah, um, that's that's with the uh, plus three buff. With from, the plus from, three buff. from from from, from a hacker. From yeah. a hacker. Yeah. 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 So you going in on a fifteen, uh, normally a twelve, um, but it, like you say, you're right. It's it, it's opposed, and it, and it is it is uh, it is I guess it's it's a risky strategy. But then if you compare it to something like uh, like a superior infiltration, which you also need to roll for, uh, usually against your uh, Fizz plus three, which usually around about the same value. If you're looking for a fifteen or a sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not opposed, so it is maybe only if you have a particular um, task in mind, or if you're going first, for instance, for instance, and you want to get that, you want to save uh, those orders, those maybe two or however many orders you would take to get to where you need to. You can roll that dice, get to where you, you know, get to that deployment zone, and then uh, and then uh, be able to attack more effectively. That's right. Um, yeah, AD is, AD is slightly worse. I mean, I've used it to some great effect before when I ran Starco, uh, running Raul Spectre, who's uh, who's Fizz 13, so he's coming down in 16s. Uh, when they, and also I think it's worth mentioning them as an Alpha Strike piece since the changes to AD mean you don't have to have the template anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the first turn, especially when the, when the when ITS-10 first came out, uh, I feel like there wasn't as much of an there was like sort of, oh, okay, AD might come down. But 
the amount of times I was able to use Raul to drop down on a, like a building, like a level below, and then walk up and kill an opponent's LT or kill an opponent's sniper, you know, shoot them in the back with a boarding shotgun or, you know, hit them, hit them in close combat was, it certainly made people go, oh, fuck, oh, and figure, you know, to realize this. I mean, it was risky by no means. It, it was definitely risky and it didn't always work because he has only one win with no one in cap. But with the changes to season 10, if you've got a hacker on the board and you're dropping in on a 16, it's just about as risky as rolling for a superior infiltration. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I mean, yeah. where, where we're at, with the current season, with the buffs to drop troops, yeah, I'm seeing people drop troops in all the time, much more than than any previous seasons. Yeah, when I say I'm seeing people do it, that means that I'm doing it mm-hmm. um, <laughs> a lot. And, and Garuda's not quite as good though. Yeah, no, I'm, but uh, no, no, it's not. But uh, the Lujing is real. Tasty. Oh yeah, the Lujing. That you, when you drop in and just blast on on things, um, but I have to admit. To date, I have not passed a single drop roll with Lujing. So I keep trying. Mm. I'll, I'll do it eventually. I had some fun with the Yan Yan, actually, last week. Um, first time using them. Did not use them very well. Yep. But it was hilarious to come down. And with, you know, if you've got an evil hacker, uh, evil yep. hacker well, as I mean, well. On this topic, Yan Yan's interesting because it's it's a forced alpha strike piece. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you're dropping in and, and you have to come in on your first turn, first thing. So That's right. And I feel like they're not... They're not really alpha strike pieces. I tried to use them, but then you realize they're they're not that they're not that great. They have a chain rifle, which is which it can be great, um, but you're not likely to kill that much from it unless your opponent has deployed supremely badly, which my opponent Ryan did not. Mm. So, in uh, you know, in those instances, they'd be better off used as a sort of a more of a, a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know. I guess they fall in the same category. You know, if your opponent has deployed something that you know with with, with an opening, you can leverage that opening with AD uh, very very well and cause a lot of damage. I think there was a game I had against Peter uh, Henry with his no, it wasn't Peter. It was Luke. He had uh, Nomads and mm-hmm. I, and uh, he just dropped in two Hellcats just out of the blue in turn one, and I was like, I was not expecting that. And um, yeah, they wrecked face. They basically, that was at turn one, I was done um, because I wasn't expecting it. And I think that's maybe some some part of the the alpha strike that, you know, you need as well. You need, you kind of need that element, element of surprise. Like if, you, if you're if you expecting it, you're going to be, you're going you're to prepare for it. Just like if you're up, if you know you're up against Achilles, you're probably going to make sure you have your arrows up and standing so that he doesn't do as much. If you know you're up against Takazam or Vanilla Combined, you're gonna make sure all the guys are facing the right way, so the Speculo does the least amount of damage. Um, I don't know if that's a good segue into the next section, or if you have anything else you'd like to discuss regarding. Uh, no, uh, that's that's that. I think I think we're happy to move on to. Mm. Um, we've covered that bit. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so I guess the the next thing that we want to talk about, we've we've talked about um, on and on and on about what you want to do with these pieces, what makes a good alpha strike piece. But say you're the unlucky chump who failed your uh, uh, your your initiative roll mm. and your opponents decided to go first with their alpha strike pieces, you're now forced to go second. What are you going to do? Yeah. How do you counter this type of uh, this type of a strategy? Yeah, and I think um, there are I mean I, I know from my experience coming up against Steel Phalanx, coming up against ISS, 
um, coming up against Vanilla Combined, even though I was Hackazam myself, whenever I did have to go second, the first things I would be thinking of would be target denial for me. Like I would know that they would they, they would usually have a particular target in mind. If I was running Hack, I'd have Saladin, obvious Lieutenant, not that hard to kill. I'd be looking at ways in which I could protect him and make my opponent waste as many orders as possible getting to this particular target. Um, so that's that's sort of one way that you could, um, you could yeah, mitigate that. Definitely. I think uh, we should probably... Sp- sp- I mean, because th- we're, we're talking about these pieces in in terms of your your Alpha Strike um, assault pieces. What do, yeah. we, what do we call those? I uh, don't know. We call them like heavy hitters well, and assassins. The, yeah, yeah the, heavy, the heavy hitters and, and your assassin pieces, yeah. you do deal with them. You're, you're sort of... Um, Hammers and your scalpels. Sure. <laughs> you deal with them very differently. Mm-hmm. So that um, that type of, of, of target denial, I mean, I guess that could work on, on both sides. I'd, I'd consider that more in the, against the, the heavy hitter category. Yep. If you've deployed so defensively that, um, that really, like you think about it, you've got, um, as as the first as the first turn player, I've got ten orders in my pool. Um, I'm going. Uh, I've got a two order a two pool list. So you stripped two orders. Most of the time, people strip those orders out of the big pool. Sometimes I trip it strip out of the small small pool. Um, the way I'm one of my current lists that I'm playing um, for ISS, uh, it's okay if you strip it out of either. I don't really mind. Um, but from an alpha, alpha strike perspective, obviously you want to have more orders in that yeah. in that main pool. But say it's been stripped down to eight, eight orders. I mean, it's a lot, but you can still deploy in a, in a way that is going to cause your opponent, uh, sorry, that's going to cause the the alpha <coughs> striker to really have to work for yeah. getting those kills. Um, so eight orders is is, is is all they've got and and if so so say they're having to trek all the way across the board there's gonna be at least three orders um, maybe even four to to get that movement mm-hmm. up to, to where they can start hitting and then if you if you've deployed in a way that's um, super defensively we're talking about castling things um, that are like castling, but on on the back side of castles. Yeah. So yeah, on that's right. On, okay. Not on not on the front side of facing your opponent's deployment zone, facing your own table edge, so that your opponent has to come around into that super close range where you've got things stacked on top of each other, people that are prone, and then someone behind them standing up, so you're getting more than one arrow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's like super super defensive. Like you haven't even really got anything up for arrow because you just won't, don't want to give your opponent anything to shoot at mm. they have to come to you yeah and yeah. the aro pieces that you've got i mean when you t- uh, we, we are planning on doing a whole episode on on how to aro effectively as well but but in this instance um the aro pieces that you've got up are things that you want to like your opponent is going to try and avoid engaging your aro pieces so if you can just put them in places that are annoying and 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 if you can consider I mean, it's tricky because your opponent generally is going to keep your uh, keep their alpha strike piece in reserve, mm-hmm. so it's they don't get to put it down on the table, and then you can deploy to counter it completely. But generally, on a table, you can have a bit of a look at it and see that there's a few 
easy lines of, um, of, of attack that you can put your TR bot down, you can put your sniper rifle down to really to, to, to hold those yeah. general areas as, as, as a bit of area denial. That's actually a good point. I don't, I don't want to go backwards, but I, I think what you touched on there is actually a really good point that we missed was, um, was deploying your Alpha Strike piece because we've obviously talked about the different types of Alpha Strike pieces and how you might use them to uh, to do the most amount of damage. You know, big hitters build up the board, use their armor, whatever wounds to get there. The other ones, they're already there. They just sneak around and stab things in the back. But when you think about how you deploy them, you know, if you're deploying your Sujan, how would you how would you generally, you know, when you look at a board, how do you think about deploying that guy? So it's this, yeah, it's the sort of thing where you. Given you're going first as well, yeah. so, you, so you have to kind of. I've already got the first turn. Mm -hmm. um, whenever I take the Sujan, I've always got Sunsei as my lieutenant. Okay. And that means. Is that, that's like pretty consistent. That's like, yeah. like the basically the way I'm playing ISS when I play ISS at the moment. I've narrowed myself down to two lists, and those are just my two lists that I play. Okay. Um, so what's the what's the advantage of Sujan? Oh, sorry, Sujan. So Sun Z. Sun Z has Stratego's level three, mm -hmm. uh, which means that your opponent doesn't get to keep any reserves, and I get two reserves. So obviously, one of my reserves is going to be the the, the Sujan. The other one will be Sun Z. Okay. So that um, if my opponent happens to have something like an impersonator, it has to be on the table because he doesn't get any reserves. Yeah unless he's got something that can counter it, but most of the time he doesn't have anything. He, he, he's not going to get any reserves. So like he's three things in the game that have Stratego's level three. No, four. Four things in the game that have Stratego's level three. Yeah, um, and uh, so what, what are they? Achilles, Saladin, does Saladin? No, no, uh, Sal uh, Saladin does. Um, not Achilles. Not Achilles. Um, um, Avatar, that's what I meant. Avatar, yeah. Avatar, Achilles. Uh, I keep saying Achilles. Avatar, Sansei. Um, Saladin. Saladin. And the Marut. Marut, that's yeah. right. So, so sure. I mean, you'll see avatars often. You'll see some, uh, Saladin a lot as well. But but there's whole factions that don't even have access to it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so so you can you get that opportunity to 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 really um, leverage that skill. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so you, the, what you want to do is, I guess you you kind of want to plan out your your uh, assault before the before you've even done your your, your deployment you you because you you deploy your your things you put on everything you put on the table is nothing that's super valuable your opponent deploys literally their entire army and uh, and then you can from from that you can then figure out what the best route is and then okay. deploy to to take advantage of that yeah okay um, so so it's really counter deploying to whatever it whatever it is your opponent's given you yeah um, in that situation and then given that we talked about sujan c is only really you know effective up to 24 inches i'm assuming that you will have some kind of piece in, in your army to support the sujan in in the event that your opponent has castled up or has put a nasty arrow piece in the way of your sujan you know it's like just like just say you're up against uh, whatever and you know that there's a juicy piece hiding behind a link team that's got a multi-sniper rifle that could ruin the day of the sujan you have something there that can do did you tend to try to think about okay this is this is going to support this sujan and getting to where it needs to be it be it be it via uh, a sniper or uh, a smoke grenade or something like that yeah well like i mean we can we can just 
can change this episode <laughs> and talking about how I buy eyes. I do, we do. I, well, no, it, it, I guess it's general. They're general. I guess it's just a general rule I wanted to just really just hit on before we moved on because I know there's going to be people who are out there going, okay, that's really great. The Sujan or, or Achilles is great, but as soon as, I, as soon as I run him into the open, he just gets killed. Um, you know, yeah, sure, he's got three wounds, or he's yeah. got. That's the thing. Know, like, as soon as you run him into the open, he doesn't get killed because he's got three. Because he's got three. Well, you know, even so, even if you do have three wounds in armor six, uh, mimetism, you, you still probably don't want to run him into the open because no. you know you never know. There, there's missile yeah, launchers. Missile launchers exist. Sure. Yeah, missile launchers certainly do exist. Yeah. And as Julian loves to remind me, missile launchers in T.O. Camera. Yeah. <laughs> they ruin... <laughs> Man, I, I, I've, I've picked up Shazvasti since they come out. Oh, my God. Yeah, what's that model called again? The, the Noctifer. Oh. No, you can run two of them. You can run Don't two of them. No, no, Noctifer. Oh. oh, no. Rather than the eye. There's no eye in there. Well, there is, but there's like there's only one eye. Okay. Noctifier? Noct- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah, so it's... um. I, 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 again, it's just the, a general the, rule. The, the best pieces that we're talking about have the mobility option to really skirt around any sort of ARO, key ARO pieces. Yeah, okay. In, in saying that, um, generally, I, I mean, you know this, I run um, uh, Major Luna mm-hmm. as well, who's a, who's a, a camo t- a token with a viral sniper rifle and marksmanship level X. So I'll often t- deploy her to counter something like a TR bot. Yeah. Um, okay. Or, yeah. Or, 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 or key arrow. So you generally have some, have to take, some take kind of, you know, it's, it's, uh, these big hitters are great, but you generally have some kind of problem solver with them. Every arm, most armies should have them. Um, you know, Hack Islam have, uh, say, the Jambazan MSV2 sniper. Uh, uh, combined have the Noctifer missile launcher you know where if there is something that's like ooh I don't want to I don't want to go toe to toe with the, you know even though my name's Achilles I don't want to go toe to toe with that but mm-hmm. I have a game of marksman or I have something that's like you know like long range has some sort of is able to outrange most things on the board to get rid of that immediate threat to make my life getting up the board a little bit easier, I just, I guess, I just wanted to yeah. mention that and, real and, quickly. And, and, and oh, I mean, with any ARO piece, your you, what you're looking at is is area denial. Yeah, you, you, you can see an, a route of advance that your opponent wants to take. You want to lock that area down. Mm-hmm. The thing that is so great about these Alpha Strike pieces is that they have the movement and they have the um, the movement skills and, and modifiers and things. Oh, excuse me. That can allow them to negate that. So if you're looking down a cor- a street, um, and I cautious move eight inches across that street, or you do like a not super jump, um, or yeah, if you do a cautious move that's going to get you just far enough to not be in that line that mm-hmm. your opponent's mm-hmm. AROing down, then then you've completely bypassed that that lockdown that, yep. they, that yep. they put you into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess going back to I guess how do you how you counter it. Is I guess goes into yeah. What we're talking so, about so, sh- so yeah, you wanna you wanna deny as much area as possible with your arrow pieces. But I think uh, a better denial is is the target denial, mm-hmm. and that's where it comes to castling up and um, deploying really really defensively. I mean, uh, it, it's a it's basic. You learn this in your first few games. Don't put anything up in the open that you're not happy to lose. Yeah. Away. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Good uh, um, model. And uh, so, 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 yeah. Your ARO pieces that you've got standing up at the start of your first turn, um, 
don't expect to have them to spend orders on because they won't be there anymore most of the time. Um, in saying that, uh, that, uh, that sort of um, uh, target denial, as well as something like speed bumps, Mm-hmm. For uh, for the for these pieces. So, okay. So what, what do you mean by speed bumps? Well, something that while they these things are super maneuverable and can get to where they want to go, obviously you want to make that journey as difficult as possible. Making forcing them to deal with things like camo tokens, things like mines, um, hackers is a big one. A lot mm. of these things that we've talked about are heavy yep. infantry, which means they're vulnerable to hacking. Yeah, um, and that kind of feeds into the previous episode uh, you guys were discussing about about hackers. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So um, so hacking it can be really effective. At, I mean, if 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 you're going second, you don't really have a repeater net in place because you haven't had a chance to to put any put any of them down. But, but almost every faction has access to some sort of infiltrating assault hacker. Exactly. Who who can quite effectively shut down a. Um, a, a heavy infantry rampage, mm-hmm. and if and if the your opponent knows that that's probably a hacker, they're going to have to give it an inch bubble, you know, which which will obviously incur some kind of an additional order to get around it. That's right, and and while um while you it's it's difficult to when you're talking about a um a, a, an infiltrating hacker uh, because if you've got uh, what you what if if you're looking at speed bumps you don't want to just have one camo token mm-hmm. you want to have a whole bunch of them mm-hmm. because then your opponent's like i have no idea which ones of these are actually models which ones are mines which ones are, are, are whatever because they they could really be be anything and do, yeah, exactly yeah do no, definitely damage. um your uh, you, you you can also leverage those those hidden aro pieces mm-hmm. things like the noctifer yeah. things like your um your oh, what's the the pano sniper uh, hexa yeah the hexa mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah I, uh, I played a game the other week it was a lead up to ecm so it was a 400 point game and there was two uh hexa snipers on, on oh. in, in in hidden deployment yeah. so i didn't know they were there um and and throughout the course of the game they revealed themselves was that which, gareth which, uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 bloody hell like that guy Oof. yeah and so um in terms of speed bumps, things like uh, things like camo, things like mines, things like hidden deployment, hacking. Um, I mean, you can have a, a rudimentary repeater net de- uh, defending your deployment zone because most uh, remotes have got repeaters on yep. them. So if you're if I'm running up with a Sujan and there's a, a an eight point flash pulse bot. Who's also a great aero piece for eight points with flash balls. Exactly. Ooh, unless you've got total immunity. Fucking total immunity. But again, it's the sort that's the sort of aero piece that you don't want to have on the in the open because you're you want to take advantage more of his repeater mm. than you do of his flash pulse. That's a good point. Yeah, so, yeah. Not just to don't just have him on the high highest building in your deployment zone, maybe have him covering a single lane or a short fire lane. That's right. Yeah, okay. So so you want to make your opponent really work for it. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are going to lose models. Things are going to get killed, but you want to make that as order 
intensive as possible for the person who's trying to conduct that alpha strike. Definitely. So if so if that means that you've got your your little order pool huddled up in a corner and then at the, 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 the first one that's that's furthest out is a um, is a eight point five pulse bot with a uh, with a repeater on it. When the Sujan comes around, uh, he's going to have to cop arrows from the hackers that are wherever else on the table, as well as potentially a face to face roll on the flash pulse mm -hmm. from that repeater, as well as anything that's standing behind it if you've castled them up. Yeah. On top of each other. So I guess I've like sorry. I guess to put this into sort of a layer, like we talked first about the hard castle. So everything's. Bunched together. Well, I wouldn't say bunched no, together. Not, not, not bunched together, but it's it's everything's kind of in a hard to reach spot, which means you need to get across the board to get a line of sight on them and you know shoot them that way. The, the problem with that, of course, is once once if if you can successfully get there, then it, it's sort of I don't have that much left. Like I've I've kind of got um, you know some ARO pieces, but it's not necessarily that strong. But I've wasted a few orders. You getting exactly, there exactly, and it's it's yeah. it's the wasting the orders that's mm -hmm. the key to that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but you have to then build on that. So, like that, an example, our game at CanCon. Yes. Um, I kind of did that with you. I kind of was like, oh fuck, I'm just gonna huddle in this corner. Um, didn't really give my give you any arrows. Your Sujan just ran down the flank, ran across my back line, and then killed a few things, but then ran out of orders. But had I then added a second layer to that, which would be like, you know, a few more sort of soft arrows, maybe some flash pulse spots, maybe, you know, missile launch or something like that, I could have slowed that advance down, but I didn't. And then the third thing to that was speed bumps, which I also didn't really do, because mm -hmm. um, you were able to, you know, just avoid everything. If you, you know, if you can kind of build on that, you know, your first bit, which is your castle, your second part, which is your uh, kind of, you know, arrows, uh, flash pulse spots, core links, Third thing on top of that would be, you know, branching out into outside your deployment zone to put camel markers down, hidden deployment down, mines down, to you know, to really give this guy an assault course to get to. Yeah, and so so things things that I don't know what they are. Yeah. So that I don't know how to deal with them. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if there's enough of them, then I'm gonna have to deal with one of them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I don't know how to do that, then it's it's going to surprise me when it when it happens. And that, again, all those things are taking order because you're not move moving, you're move discovering, or move shooting, your move dodging, or whatever it is you're doing. And I think this, like actually, our game is a really good example of me not me only doing like the first layer of defense, which was hard castle, but then had no air, no real arrows and no speed bumps. Mm -hmm. So it meant that you were able to get into my backline in like two three orders. And it's bad times. So, um, <laughs> so I just, you know, that, that kind of, you know, layering that defense in, um, you know, so that you're giving them only bad choices. Sure. Yeah. You know, you can say, well, you can move up here, but if you move out here, we're going to hit you with a missile launcher. You get past that missile launcher, we're going to hit you with a mine. You get past that mine, you're going to hit, you're going to hit by a hacker. You get past that hacker, we've got a whole bunch of orders with flash pulses, hacking in a repeater net and light shotguns. Yeah. And with these types of pieces, the AROs you're talking, we're talking about, are not the types of AROs that are going to kill it. It's no. It's got two wounds and no wounding cap. It's got three wounds. It's got structure. Armor whatever. six, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a tank. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to, to kill it. You're going to kill it in your own turn, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. What you're doing right now is stopping it from being as effective as it could be. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's a great point. Yeah, you're not necessarily, you're not going out with the intention of killing it, but if you can slow it down so it, you're, you're, you're wasting orders, like you say. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, obviously, if you can kill it in your own turn, in, in their turn, even better. But that's not necessarily it's un- the intention. It's unlikely. Except for, like, missile launches and... Except, except mean, crits happen. Yeah, crits happen. Yeah, crits happen. And missile launches are really good. Missile launchers are... Missile launcher, you can, if you can lever missile launchers against anything that isn't... That, isn't McMurrow yeah. or um, anything with total immunity? Yeah, I, I mean, the, yeah, the right. issue with missile launchers as well is that they have only plus three ranges above twenty four inches, oh, man. which is a long way. That is so, such like a good point. Yeah. Um. So, and I, I, I guess going off topic a little bit, but when you are looking at your missile launcher, you do really want to make sure that you're getting a fire lane that is longer than. Remember, twenty four inches. That's half the table. Such such right? a long way. Line, it's half the table. Um, to be up. the plus three and then like yeah. zero from eight to 24 you're like mm. you know if you're not linked and you're going up against anything that's you know Achilles with ODD you're you're not hitting them very much no um, but they can be they, if, if used effectively they can be really great I mean they, yeah they can be great because no one nobody really necessarily wants to have to go in a firefight with that because you may have four dice and you may be hitting on whatever 12s your missile launcher maybe one dice hitting on a five, but if that missile launcher hits, it's it's, it's a lot of damage, mm. um, generally speaking. Yeah, so like we won't go into missile launchers no. too much because no. uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it <laughs> on another episode. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I guess we, we can move on to talking about, I mean, those strategies really, uh, well, like, a lot of them do apply to these other things. They kind of cross over, yeah. They yep, cross yep. over a little bit, um, but they're mostly focused on those, those, uh, those assault pieces, mm-hmm. those, um, those, um, those heavy hitters that we were talking about. When you're looking at dealing with your assassin pieces, things like the the drop troops, things like the impersonators and the infiltrators, there's a few different um, strategies that you that you want to look at. Uh, again, some of them do cross over. Things like um, bunkering up and and and, and castling. Uh, what that really means is that when your your opponent comes in to do a face to face role, he is copying an ARO from more than one. Yeah, one place. He's not able to isolate that target he wants to kill. He's not able to go in and kill just Sun Z. Yeah. If he kills Sun Z, he's going to cop at least another arrow from something else. That's right. Yeah. Or, or if he does manage to slice the pie to uh, to get that one piece, it has been much more order intensive. Yeah. To do yeah, that, yeah. No, definitely. Uh, yeah. Because of the way mm-hmm. that you've built up that castle. Yeah. Um, and that that talks about um, intersecting fields of fire as well, um, particularly when talking about something like uh, like. AD mm-hmm. um, defending against AD is um, is a skill into itself. Um, coming from other 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 games, often you'll particularly see this all the time with new players. They'll put all their models down on the table, and and your opponent's in that direction facing forwards. So obviously, I'm going to face all my models forwards. I still do that. <laughs> and then and, that. and then something drops in into their deployment zone straight behind them, yeah. and you they're not getting any AROs at it, and they're not getting um, yeah, yeah, no arrows at it, and they're f- showing their rear facing, which means that they have limited options when it finally starts killing them. That's right. Um, so I guess what you you really want to think about in your in your deployment is don't just face your models towards the enemy. Face them in a way that is going to maximize their own fire arcs to what they might be able to see. That's right, yeah. And, uh, and also support other models in that same fire arc. Mm. So that this guy's... He might be covering... A facing, a corner, a possible drop point, um, but then also that there's another buddy next to him that can also cover that same point or cover his blind spot kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So you say bunkering and facing facings, obviously, 
and then we also have I guess uh, a good counter to something that we're talking about like um, uh, impersonators and uh, superior infiltrators generally speaking they have quite good CC abilities um, you know we're talking like martial arts level 3 CC 20 plus and some kind of double action close combat weapon monofilament cost combat weapon explosive close combat weapon so uh, a really good thing like for me as a hack player I as much as I put faith in my fides in much as I put faith in Algebel with the CC23 martial arts level 4 and a viral CC weapon if you were to play something like a like a, a 16 point Myrmidon with a chain rifle and martial arts level 3 in your DZ I ain't going near that. There's no way, no matter how good my CC ability is, I'm not going to toe with something that has a direct tempo weapon and the ability to chip me almost as well as I can chip them in close combat. In close combat. Yeah, because even if I do decide to go in close combat, they have a chain rifle, there's a possibility that, and I'm only one wound with no armor, mm-hmm. a chain rifle is just as likely to kill me as I'm likely to kill them. So, um, you know, if you can leverage those kinds of things in your DZ, um, uh, an example would be like basically any, any, anything with a chain rifle or anything with a decent close combat ability that doesn't cost too many points. You can easily cover a lot of the avenues of attack, especially if you know there's something like an obvious lieutenant. Um, you can shield that lieutenant with something like these cheaper troops mm. that. Um, you know uh, that uh, an impersonator is going to steer away from because they know that it's a futile task. Yeah, um, you can really yeah stop them from going there. And even if, even de- like deploying them in a way so that it's not physically possible for your opponent to get his model in base to base contact. With yeah, it. yeah, I've seen that before. I've seen William Wallace prone on a building uh, with or not prone on a building, but like prone prone somewhere in the DZ covered by a couple of uh, Galwegians just who, standing around just him just standing around him and so they're close enough so that physically nothing. no way anything can get in there and if you do decide to put a Fide in close combat with a Highlander good luck he's got Berserk so he's like CC26 and um, the rolls aren't face to face so you've you know so you've lost a 30 point Fide and he's lost a 5 point Galwegian mm. yay you know um so those sort those sorts of things seems like fair trade. Yeah, <laughs> like that's 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 trading up there, right there. So, um, Tra- yeah. trading up is a gift. Yeah, yeah, it's trading. Well, that's well for, for not for me, not for not for the proof of the day, but for definitely for that Galwegian. He's uh, he's 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 uh, he's earned his beer later on in the pub. Um, so yeah, if you can do that, um, you can really blunt one of those sort of, sort of assassin runs. Yeah, so so you, I guess the, the idea there is to really minimize the options that they've got for, uh, for, um, for easy targets, mm-hmm. and particularly easy targets that are going to really cost you. So things like your obvious lieutenant, if you've got an obvious lieutenant. Yeah, yeah, definitely your obvious lieutenant. Even on a link team, um, you know, link teams grant you uh, six cents, which means if you are coming with Shinobu, you aren't, you aren't suffering that neg six uh, from surprise from attack. Surprise attack, yep. Um, you know, you, you are, you know, you're probably, your CC probably isn't good. Like, just say you're a Fusilier, you're, what, CC 14. Um, you know, you're still taking the martial arts uh, from Shinobu, but you're not suffering that neg six. And it's very likely as well, other members of your link team are going to have arrows against this one guy. Mm. So it, it makes, you know, if you have like a strong defensive uh, link team with a multi sniper or a missile launcher, you know, your opponent might go, oh, I'm going to 
trying same with my assassins to kill that missile launcher to reduce your aero capability suddenly it's not so easy because of that six you know because of the core link team bonuses that allow you to um you know allow you basically burst to an arrow and ignore uh, ignore surprise attack yeah exactly well um i think that pretty much covers everything we wanted to talk about um, in, um so. in terms of uh in terms of both how to uh how to effectively use a, a an alpha strike piece but also like we've been talking about now just how to really counter that type of that type of play from from your opponents so, mm-hmm. i don't know was there any was there any last notes you wanted to to, to mention about um about this type of uh, this type of play, Kev. Um, I can. I guess I can only speak from experience um, with regards to when you walk into a, a tournament, for instance, and you you announce your army, and you hear someone says, "I've got vanilla combined," it it or or steel phalanx or uh, anything like that. You're immediately if you know the army at all, you're immediately thinking, "Oh, that guy might have a speculo." Or that guy may have Achilles, and it, it kind of it kind of works in both ways. Because on the one hand, you're like, okay, that guy may have a speculo. I should prepare for it, so I should make you know. You should be doing that anyway, but you should be doing you know extra diligently. But also, it kind of works well for you, the person who's playing them, because you may not have that particular uh, model in your army. So it's it's uh, it's interesting to play mind games. I know that I've, I ran hack for a while without running any of the days. And the number of times someone was like, "Oh, I know you're. I know you might run for days. I'm just gonna face everything this way." And I'm like, "Oh, actually, I'm running Tariq. So here he comes." Yeah, I, think, <laughs> uh, I think you pulled that swiftly on me a couple of times. <laughs> so it's just, it's just like it's kind of fun as well. Like you're gonna have fun. You can have fun with it with running Alpha Strike pieces. Um, you know, you, you don't have to play the same trick over and over again. Um, there are multiple ways you can get to an opponent. Um, I would say. That you should, yeah, you, know, you should always just, again, I guess, adapt. Uh, people in our in everyone's area may have particular armies they're they're used to playing. Um, I know in our area, someone's picked up U.S. Ariadna. So again, so I'm like suddenly going, oh, Van Zant's a thing, mm. um, and it's just it's just fun because you then suddenly realize, oh wait, yeah, I haven't been. Diligently doing this, and it only takes one time, one one time to get stung by it. You're like, okay, I will remember this in the future. Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, I guess I didn't really have much more to say on that except um, Alpha Strike pieces are are great. They have weaknesses. Um, they're really fun though. Yeah, but I mean, it, it definitely does come down to your individual playstyle as well. Mm, mm-hmm. um, it comes down to like sure faction specific as well as your playstyle. But I think they kind of go hand in hand in that. That certain types of players will be drawn to certain types of actions, yep. like someone who, uh, and this happened with one of our local guys recently as well. He was playing uh, military orders, but he was sort of playing them and trying to play like shell games and 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 doing the, the 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 sort of trading up type play that just wasn't working for him for, mm. for, for military orders. Okay. Um, Julian, I think it was Julian, suggested that he play uh, that he try hack Islam and. He's been playing Hack Islam since then. Is is right. exce- yeah, excelling yeah. with them because the, that type of play style really um, sort of gelled with that faction. That's um, a really good point. So yeah. so so sure. There's there's certain factions that are gonna uh, be lean, more gonna lean towards this type of play style more so. Um, 
I will un I will completely obviously say that Imperial Service is one of the factions that's really good at this type of thing because they have access to the Quangxi, which will give you a massive order pool, as well as the Sujan, which is you guessed it, my favourite, uh, <laughs> my favourite piece. Yeah, no, I think what you re you the point you raised there about the military orders uh, is a really good one, which was I guess what I was trying to say with with um, I guess kind of mind games in that just because you have an Alpha Strike piece does not mean you have to use it in this one particular mm. way. Uh, I've been ganked often enough by a specular killer just sitting outside my DZ daring me to come at it. It doesn't do anything all the mm. game, but it's there for me to go, oh, I need to deal with this at some point, but I should probably go into this instead. You, you can really um, play a lot of prop, you know, a lot, 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 lot of uh, games with your opponent, even with a Sujan. It's just seeing a Sujan on the table, or even not on the table, <laughs> even just on someone's oh, sideboard. Oh, setting it up, setting it up on on, on my my uh, my pieces of things that I've taken yeah. out of my out of my case, <laughs> and not even deploying it not, on the table. Not even in my last bra. That's just rude. And then you're like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Curtis and Lester are there for a thing, but. You do. Well, you don't get the courtesy list until the end of the deployment zone. Yeah. So, so deployment flies. So it's it's very. Is, is that actually is that true? That you don't get the, the, the until the end of the deployment. I thought you got it before you deploy. No, 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 no. Because I I don't give you my courtesy list before deployment because. Do you? Yeah, you don't know what my reserve is. If you get my courtesy list, you'll be like, oh, that's what the reserve is. Uh, yeah, I give you my courtesy list at the end of the deployment phase. I thought you give it to them after you announce what your faction is. And you roll for classifies. No, you roll for classifies. Yes. And then you, I thought you announced factions and no, you, you take exchange your, lists. Take your classified. Exchange curse lists. You take your classified. Yeah. You pick your list mm -hmm. of the two you've taken. Mm-hmm. You take, roll your initiative, do the deployment phase. Yeah. And in the deployment phase, you give your opponent the courtesy list. I feel like that's not right. Why do I feel like that's not... No, I'm sure it's I've right. I've always given them the... I was just, well, I've got it because I'm terrible printing them off. That's no, no, well, I've, I've had opponents ask me for the courtesy list during deployment yeah. I'm explaining to them what I've got. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to give you my courtesy list because then you'll see what my reserve is. I'll give it to you after I put my reserve down. Ooh. I'm sure that's the way you're supposed to do it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now you can't mention it. It's like it's something I see on like WGC every so often. Someone just like goes, hey, just to clarify, this is the order of things, and I'll be like, yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> okay, I've never well, gone. Oh, well, that's that's what it is. We can throw that out to the listeners. Listeners, if if you if you if I mean, you've gotten that wrong, on, let us know. A wiki, and then we we'll, um, we can just delete that bit because we're like otherwise. We're like, no, it's fine. Leave it in. It's great. It's fine. It's all good yeah. crack. Um, cool. I think I think um I think that's it though. I think I was just looking at our little uh, episode. So do we do need to do any shout outs then? I know we've got a tournament coming up this weekend. Yes, we do. It's uh, we've got one in Werribee called Guff Werribee Infinity Tournament. Uh, Guff is a GUF is a uh, war game store out in West Melbourne. Uh, so we're going to try and get a good crew of us Eastern people out there to support um, support the scene out there. I guess because I think it's a. Uh, one of the first Infinity tournaments they've run out there, so we're very keen to very keen to help out. Yeah, so so Guff's a great location. I've not been there yet personally myself. My my partner has actually been there before because mm. um, they do a lot of video game stuff out there as well. Apparently, oh, okay. Um, so really uh, happy to support the, um, the 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 community in that area and um, and do do a bit of a. I mean, it's it's a little bit out of town in terms of where it's located, but um, anybody in the west more than happy to to support you guys for with your Infinity Gaming. And um, I know a lot of the, our local guys are heading out there, but um, if there's any any local 
people that are local to the area who want to come along and and um, and get in on it. Um, I know I believe there is a, a limited number of spots available, but I'm not sure if our, any of our listeners um, are thinking about attending. But definitely get on the uh, on the Facebook group. There's a Facebook event on the which you can find on the Guff Werribee uh, page. Yeah, definitely do it. We'll, we'll, we can put a, a link to it in the show notes, and it, it's on um, N3 Melbourne. It's on the Facebook page for the Melbourne groups. So. Yeah, but anybody who who wants to come along and even just check it out, um, what I found is that the the types of the, the people that uh, just come along and check out the the tournaments absolutely really get hooked not necessarily by the game but but by all all the cool cats who, who play play in three, just like <laughs> cool us. cats yeah, yeah. Right. So, and I guess it's 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 a uh, it's 15, 15 bucks uh, three three rounds supply safe area and decap uh, with the updated decapitation yes, rules confirmed as well we're doing doing new rules for decapitation we are which doing is great. that one. Are killing the LTs. Can't wait. Killing the LTs. Yeah. Um, All right. Cool. Well, yeah. um, I think uh, I think that about puts this in the bag. Mm. Thanks again, Kev. Thanks for having me, mate. No, not a problem. It's good to come around again. I know I don't. I'm all I'm not always here. And uh, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you've uh, got any questions or you've you know any rules that we've gotten wrong and need any clarification, hit us up uh, because we uh, we love your feedback. And uh, we will speak to you next time. So uh, I've been Nick. And I've been Kevin. And you've been listening to Loss of Lieutenant.